Recently, there was a study that said 60% of women who had an abortion said they would have preferred to give birth if they just had more support from others or had financial security. It's tragic that these are the things that stand between life and death for a human being. Preborn is stepping in to fill the gap. Women are being told their babies are just clumps of cells, but that's pretty hard to understand when preborn provides a free ultrasound and postnatal care. Once they've introduced a mom to her unborn child, she's twice as likely to choose life for that child. They're truly doing the work of God, but they need your help. Please be a part of the ministry that stands in the gap for life. When you support Preborn, you not only support women, you empower them. Your donation of $28 will help a woman make a choice that she won't have to regret for the rest of her life and gives her the ultimate blessing of life. Your love can save a life. Hit pound 250 and say the keyword baby now to make a donation. Pound 250 keyword baby or preborn.com slash Glenn. Some more good news. Uh, The government is going after the gun industry here in America. Yeah. Yeah. As things are getting out of control, who needs a gun, right? I trust the government to take care of all of us. We start there in 60 seconds. Recently, Goldline sent out a customer satisfaction survey to a huge number of their clients, and they learned a few helpful facts. Topping the list, an intense concern about central bank digital currencies and how they'll impact the value of your dollar, which makes sense considering, you know, uh, one of the governors of the Fed, uh, Michelle Bowman, said last week that CBDCs carry considerable consumer privacy concerns and could potentially be an impediment to the public's freedom. Do you think, Michelle? By the way, I've got an update on that particular topic in today's um, show prep. You can get it for free at glenbeck.com. Also, you should call Goldline. Ask them what this means for you. Second big takeaway, Goldline clients, including Glenn Beck and Blaze listeners, want more frequent specials on silver. So here's the deal. With every box of 50 Goldline exclusive and industry-leading two-ounce silver Maple Flex bars, you'll also receive at no additional cost 50 of the one-gram Mind Your Business silver bars, which means with every box of Maple Flex, you'll get a 1,000 individual pieces of silver. And if you're one of the people who returned the survey to Goldline, you qualify for an additional bonus on top of that special. 
You can't beat that. You ask for it, you get it with Goldline. 866-GOLDLINE. 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Dateline, Washington. The Commerce Department is halting exports of most U.S.-made firearms for 90 days and reviewing its support of the country's biggest gun trade show in, uh, to ensure such backing does not undermine U.S. policy interests. Steps that could slow two decades of growth of gun sales abroad. We go to Stu, Steve Breguier, our analyst on guns and regional gun expert, to tell us what he thinks the government is actually doing here. Well, Glenn, guns are evil and they should be banned. And they not only should be off the streets of America, but be off the streets of the entire world. These sales, of course, also help gun companies and improve their businesses. And since we want them all to go away and the Second Amendment to be destroyed completely, we do not support these exports. (laughs) Today on The Daily, the government banning gun sales. It could only harm the gun companies. Today, we talk to gun enthusiast Steve Breguier about what the lack of guns means in his life. Do you, do you ask a question or do I just start talking? I don't, I don't know how this works. You, no, you just start talking. But you didn't ask a question. I... But you, I just said you're gun nut. Go, uh, guns! help protect people from you know lawless mobs that you know the left so continues to you're, empower you're insinuating that black people on the street or brown people are lawless mobs I said nothing about anyone's skin color what, why are you we're the New York Times I think we understand what you're saying gun nut racist and that's all the time we Wait, have. I didn't even get a chance. <laughs> I mean, this is so unbelievable. They they are not tracking. Here's why they say they're doing this. They say they're doing this because they want to make sure that the guns that are being sold by manufacturers to gun stores all around the world, that those guns don't fall into the wrong hands. But we're sending billions of dollars worth of ammunition and guns to Ukraine without anyone tracking any of it. Notably, the exports uh, ban export ban does not apply to Ukraine. You can apparently send as many guns as you want there. Well, they're the government. The mm-hmm. government can send it. Mm-hmm. The, just gun manufacturers can't. Well, send they're it. not. Bu- government doesn't build the guns. They're sending guns from gun yeah, manufacturers. They buy them. They buy <laughs> yes, them. Yes. It's just amazing that the weird, it doesn't make any sense, right? It used to make sense, like the old days, right, where um, generally conservatives were more in favor of a strong pos- you know, position around the globe when it comes mm-hmm. to uh, maybe a hawkish stance mm-hmm. on that. 
and that applies with a you know it kind of works well with mm-hmm. the position at home that you should also be able to defend yourself like you kind of you kind of see that now the left has just decided that they're the pro-war people but they don't want us to be able to protect ourselves against lawless mobs that you know go through city after city after city that they encourage that they encourage and solicit donations for I just doesn't I don't know it doesn't seem to work together all that well a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed this weekend we saw more shootings here in the country last week we saw you know a mass shooting and we find out now that that mass shooting up in Maine there was Plenty of red flags oh, that went up. Plenty. Couldn't have been more red flags. I mean, the guy no. was literally telling people he wanted to shoot up a military base. Correct. And telling authorities mm-hmm. that he was going to do that. So immediately, of course, the regular arguments in the media and the left. Do I need to say that? Media and the left. Yeah, it seems repetitive. Yeah. Also, immediately, the usual counter arguments were made by the Second Amendment advocates. It's a shooter, not the gun. The man was unstable, shouldn't have had a gun. You know, regulations wouldn't have shot, you know, wouldn't have stopped him. Bad guys don't observe the regulations. These shootings are stopped by good guys. All of that stuff is true. But none of that is the thing that we should focus on right now. Whether rather we should realize that we are living in a very special and unique time where all of the original reasons for the Second Amendment are as urgently relevant as they have ever been. We should probably understand those reasons. The Second Amendment is not about sportsmen. Otherwise, they might have put bowling in the Constitution, you know, the Third Amendment. Hey, can't touch bowling either. It was not put there for sports reasons. It exists. The most fundamental right under natural law. Natural law means it happens in nature. You walk into a, a cave with a bear in it and you're just like, I want a pet little kitty. Uh, mommy will kill you because it's a natural instinct and natural right. You come into my home and try to do anything with me or my children. I can kill you if I feel we're in danger. The right to self-defense. That would come under the inalienable right to life, by the way. So this was written by people who had just defeated the former king. This also means self-defense against an out-of-control government. In an age of weaponized government agencies, this is hardly a false concern. Tellingly, the argument against this usually is efficacy. Oh, you're going to need an F-15, not an AR-15. I hate that. I don't know. The Taliban did pretty well. Hmm. Pretty well. The history of asymmetric warfare from the Revolutionary War onwards would beg to differ, as would gun confiscation being one of the first acts of every tyrant in history. But more importantly, the Second Amendment also means 
simply self-defense against people with evil intent. That's that's where we should really focus. The left essentially argues that that kind of self-defense is irrelevant today. That's why we have police forces. Really? The ones that you have gutted? The ones that you said were irrelevant and racist and horrible? The ones we can't get to respond to any problems because there's not a lot, enough of them left? Quite aside from truly frightening crime statistics, self-defense has never been more rev- relevant than it is today. And I think the, you know, Hamas pogrom kind of makes that case. Here's a country that does not lack experience with terrorism and war. Tiny, tiny little Israel. Help should arrive fast. But there was shock and surprise on September or October 7th. The lesson of how much time an organized response took should resound loudly, not only in Israel, but all around the world, including America. Hours passed before help came to many places under attack. Hours We've just let 10 million people into our country that we don't know who they are. We saw what 28 individuals could do on September 11th. Are you telling me you're comfortable that there aren't enough people to cause real problems in our country in multiple places? It was emergency alert squads. It was civilian gun owners. Single cops, soldiers who ran toward the sound of gunfire, undermanned and outgunned. What would the result have been if the population of Israel had been completely disarmed and helpless, fully dependent on their security forces? How many would be dead? Far more than are. This lesson has not been missed in Israel, which is actually very restrictive uh, on firearm regulations. Not everybody can have a gun. Those who can usually granted one handgun and 50 bullets, no more. All fully registered and permitted. I think Israel should adopt a full Second Amendment right. Now the rules are being relaxed. Gun owners are asked to carry. The alert squads in rural areas are being supported like never before. Squads are made up of former combat soldiers and are kept armed and trained to defend against terrorist incursions. During the Hamas program, they made a huge difference. They couldn't stop at all. They took heavy losses. But where they were kept... In a good state of readiness, casualties were considerably lower, higher where not. They blunted the assault. Americans had institutions like this when we first started. It was the Minutemen. Men armed and trained, held ready to defend their community at a minute's notice. We know of their role in the early stages of the War of Independence, but there were similar local groups meant to defend against whatever the danger might have been at the time. Indian, for that matter, French, British, Spanish incursions. We live in a time now where Jews have to cower inside their homes or get locked in libraries for fear of the mob in our own country. 
We live in a time when hundreds of thousands of people feel free to openly shout their support for evil and genocide and their hatred for the culture that welcomed them into their midst. A time when open borders have meant 10 million people and thousands on the terror list that are present right now in our cities making sleeper cells a virtual certainty. And that's without mentioning the cartels and the gangs and the old-fashioned rogue state actors. Do we really think that things can't happen in rural America with its vast open spaces? How long for real help to arrive then, or in a major city, or a university campus? We can't all turn into Navy SEALs, but most of us can help. And none of us should be helpless. This is not an emotional knee-jerk rah-rah. This is a lesson that reason and morality dictate we must learn from these events. I carry a gun. I train with it. Not because it's fun, but it is. But I'm also all too aware that my life and the life of my family one one day, one night, may depend on my ability to use that gun. I... Sincerely pray I never have to use that ability. But I also pray that I always have the ability to use my gun. Never again doesn't mean depending on someone else to prevent the next massacre. Never again means you and your ability to defend and stand for those you love. I don't know what the Biden administration is doing this time. But their every step has been to erode your rights one way or another. I don't know if you heard the good news about towels or not, but if you haven't, let me be first to tell you that uh, they're supposed to be absorbent. Yeah, right, right. That changes everything when you realize that. Unfortunately, a lot of the towel manufacturers out there hadn't heard the good news. Or they have. And they're keeping it secret for some reason. Not so with my towels from my pillow. They actually work. They're soft. They're very absorbent. And now my pillow is announcing two brand new lines of my towels for you to try. They're made with amazing ring spun cotton, which makes them really absorbent and soft. And now you can get a six piece set for an amazing introductory sale price as low as twenty nine ninety eight with a promo code back. You can get the designer premium line for just twenty dollars more. No matter what set you decide on, it's a 50 percent savings. These towels work. What a concept. To find this offer, just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener special square. To check out the new My Towel six-piece towel set and get 50% in savings, remember, enter the promo code BECK or call 800-966-3117 for this special and many more. MyPillow.com. 10 seconds. Station ID. Glenn, can I uh, bring up a, a related thing we didn't get to the other day or last week after the main shooting? Sure. Uh, um, look, we all know how terrible it was. And being in the community, obviously, you're dealing with a lot. And so I understand the emotion. But this is exactly the problem with our government, right? The problem is so often they're trying to use the emotion. It's never let a crisis go to waste. Yes. They're trying to use emotion. At the very least, though, I what I would expect out of a representative 
in our government is to avoid that, right? Avoid the temptation of of being uh, won over by the emotion of a terrible moment to pass policy, right? So I bring this up because of the case of Jared Golden, representative from Maine, Democrat. However, one of the few Democrats that has opposed the assault weapons ban mm-hmm. until the shooting. Right. And he's now reversed himself on this. He said because he never thought it could happen in his community. So that number one, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. So you think it, it would. Oh, sure. It would benefit people. But I didn't think it would happen in my town. So I was opposed to it. Like that is a disgusting reason to yep. oppose the assault weapons ban. There's a million reasons to oppose it. It doesn't work. It's against the Second Amendment. Um, you're punishing legal uh, gun owners, responsible gun owners for the crimes of people who are you're disarming are criminals. Innocent you're disarming people innocent in people. a very dangerous time. Uh, there's a million reasons to not do it. Yep. In fact, even the government studies of the assault weapons ban showed it didn't do anything. It just mm-hmm. caused some people to kill others with different types of weapons. Right. As if this is some advantage. But to say, ah, you know what? I didn't think it would happen in my town, so I opposed it. Now it did happen in my town, so I'm for it, is disgusting. Yes. Secondarily, it is it violates the most uh, the most basic thing you'd expect out of a representative, right? Like, we don't want them to be corrupt. That's one thing. Um, and, of course, they all violate that, too. But if you have a position that it is okay, for whatever reason, and you shouldn't have a, an assault weapons ban, to just change your mind because it hit your area is incredibly weak, right? It is a, a you're changing some philosophical principled stand, we thought, because it happened in the geographic vicinity of where you live? Like, that's not a, that's not how you make policy. You're supposed to be sober in your distinctions as to what is going to benefit uh, society and what isn't to just say well i've seen 30 other mass shootings in other parts of the world and uh and i realized i looked at i looked at the information around this bill and, and realized it was not going to be successful therefore i didn't want it and then say well actually now it's happened here well, so i'm going to completely reverse that stance unless is he it- is um has always been uh wanting a ban on assault rifles but he was representing his mm-hmm. community that didn't want it and so he voted that way you know maybe rightly so maybe just to garner more votes mm-hmm. but now so save his ass now he is going to tell the people what they right. he, need he thinks the emotion will overwhelm the community and they'll forget all their principles too my guess is that's not how maine's going to react the Glenn Beck Program. Imagine going to a restaurant and when the waiter brings out your food, it's just a bowl full of burnt little chunks of something. This isn't the steak I ordered. The waiter laughs. Oh, but it is. It's just been sterilized. Huh? I hope you weren't expecting any nutrition or flavor. Well, we put the flavor on, we spray it on. Huh? This is what your dog goes through without the French accent all the time. I mean, unless you're French. You feed him kibble food, it's just dead sterilized food. That's it. It's, it's time to put the, the nutrition back into your dog's food. Naturopathic doctor Dennis Black has come up with uh, rough greens, and you sprinkle it on the dog's food. Now, remember, if the waiter said, I'm going to sprinkle this on your steak. I, no, but I'm a people. Okay. 
dogs can't talk back to me. So I'm just going to sprinkle it on their food because they'll eat it and they love it and it has everything they need. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Get your free trial bag. You just pay for shipping. Call them now. 833-GLEN-33. Time to subscribe to Blaze TV. If you have not already, you could save 36 bucks. If you use the code Glenn Plus, it's blazetv.com slash Glenn. Another great story from Blaze Media today about uh, the Palestinian supporters in Chicago and uh, the problem they had. Apparently, about 5,000 pro-Palestinian demonstrators uh, marched in Chicago's loop on Saturday afternoon demanding a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war and that Palestine be freed. The march supporting Gaza was reportedly organized by the Chicago Coalition for Justice in Palestine, a self-described organization to mobilize those who seek justice in protest of Israel's violence against an innocent civilian population. During the march, a group of black Hebrew Israelites and pro-Palestinian protesters physically clashed with one another. Now, I don't know if you've had the privilege to run into any of the black Hebrew Israelites, but they are present on many street corners in New York City. To say that they are crazy and obnoxious, some would say that doesn't go far enough. Um, but I think some of the probably crazy and obnoxious pro-Palestinian demonstrators thought the black Israelites were even more crazy and uh, dangerous. Uh, and so they uh, apparently they clashed with each other. According Now listen to this. According to Tyler LaRiviere, a visual journalist with the Chicago side. What the hell is a visual journalist? Is that a photographer? <laughs> what is a visual? No, he's, he actually is not blind. Most of our reporters are blind, but he's visual. He can see things. It makes it easier for him to report. But, uh, hey, we don't dismiss those who are blind. You know, we want eyewitnesses. Hey, ooh, why? Why? Why use that language? I don't know what a visual journalist is, but he's with the Chicago Sun-Times. He said of the chaotic scene, well, all hell broke loose between some of the Palestinian protesters and the black Israelites. Police and organizers did their best to calm things down to varying degrees of success. La Riviere said the two groups hurled sticks and bottles at each other. One black Hebrew Israelite was injured, taken away in an ambulance. Then somebody started launching fireworks. Investigative journalist Angela Vanderplum. That's not, not to be you know confused with visual journalists no she's an investigative right. journalist something totally different we don't know if she is cited or not okay mm -hmm. but her name is angela vanderplume i think this is a made-up story she posted a visit <laughs> she posted the video on uh, x social media platform with a caption black israelites hebrews fight pro hamas protesters in chicago uh, FYI, black Hebrew Israelites believe they are the real Jews and Jews like me are fake, uh, fake. Is it Kazarians? I didn't have that on my 2023 bingo card. 
So there were uh, 5,000 in Chicago, 7,000 pro-Palestinian supporters demonstrated in New York City this weekend. Protesters shut down the Brooklyn Bridge and Grand Central Terminal. That takes a lot of people. I've been to New York. They don't shut down for a lot of things. That takes an awful lot of people to shut those two things down. Just, I just want to throw that out there. So that's good. Mm. I'm still focused on what a visual journalist is. Yeah, what is it? So, um, is so it? There, this was asked to Amanda Farnsworth. Mm. She is, is she a visual visual journalism editor. Oh, at the BBC. At the oh, this is getting so bad. So bad. She said, "So what is visual journalism?" It's a question that I get asked a lot. Yeah, not, sure. Not just by friends and family. But by my employer. But by employers who are saying, hey, do you actually have a job? Like my dad said, hey, that doesn't sound like a job. <laughs> and, I, and I said, no, I have a job. They pay me and everything. I'm a visual journalist. Um, for many in the newer fields of digital journalism, it's simply about visualizing data or using graphics such as maps or charts to explain stories. So data visualization, basically. Um, that's a visual journalist. You wouldn't really need to be on the scene for that job. No, not no, at all. Not at all. I've got a map. This yeah. is the side the the uh, the Palestinians, Palestinians are on, and here the, the Black Hebrews. The Black Hebrews are on the other <laughs> side. Now, uh, that would have been really useful, perhaps back uh, when the kid was pro was uh, was visiting the the uh, the uh, the mall in Washington, and he had the confrontation with the Trump hat on. What was it Nicholas Sandman? And they yeah. had the black Hebrews there. They couldn't come up with a way to visualize the fact that people were yelling anti-Jewish anti slurs uh, and racist slurs at the white kids that entire time. They couldn't visualize that until much later. But this is uh, the BBC. They also say it's about bringing together the TV designers with teams that create more high-end multimedia graphics online and harnessing the unprecedented creative opportunity that brings. So I get excited. I just want America. you to know I'm I'm going to fire anyone uh, <laughs> or recommend their firing mm -hmm. if they have the title visual journalist or TV designer. Yeah, yeah that's a sign you mm -hmm. have too many people. You have just too many people. Yeah, okay. you don't need you, you don't need, don't need to make up all this stuff. No, no. Um, by the way, New York City Mayor uh, Eric Adams, he has a new appointee for chair and executive director of the city's Commission on Racial Equity. Um, the New York uh, Post has reported that, that that new employee there, who earns more than $140,000 a year, uh, appears to be a little anti-Semitic. Uh, she apparently used the phrase, from the river to the sea, which, um, you know, as we pointed out earlier, not 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 good uh she was writing on x um from the river to the sea palestine will be free uh so that's uh, not a bad and then she also um called for the day of rage rally in in brooklyn where they were chanting death to america and death to israel but i don't think we have a problem with these things anymore do we i mean that's just it's just all these people are just so different than us and I, let's celebrate our diversity uh so she's She's the one that's supposed to call out racism for the city mm. to make sure it doesn't happen. If I'm a Jew in New York City, and there's a very small Jewish community in New York. Oh, really? Very. I wasn't aware of that. Very small. Yeah. Very small. Mm -hmm. Deli workers, mainly. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, they, I'm sure they feel safe. Um, now, one other thing, while we're talking about New York City and the New York Times, you know, 
One of the reasons why the New York Times is so dangerous, and I don't think people really understand this unless you've ever worked in a newsroom. Now, I've never worked in a newsroom. I've worked around a newsroom my whole life. And there is one thing that every newsroom has in common, and that is a copy of the New York Times sitting someplace where all the journalists are reading. Uh, Now, of course, it's on what we like to call a computer device. Mm. Um, But the reason why this is so important is the New York Times has set the news for even local news forever. If it's in the New York Times, it happened and it's important. If it's not in the New York Times, many journalists all over the country, it's not important and it may not have happened. That's how that's the credibility the New York Times has had and the influence on all of the media. You can look at a New York Times and news at any at any time in our history in the last 75, 100 years, and you will see that newsrooms all around the country set their watch by the New York Times. So this is important um, because remember the hospital explosion in Gaza? And uh, the it, everybody, the New York Times, uh, Washington Post, Wall Street Journal, New York Post, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN, NPR, PBS, the Associated Press, the Guardian, Al Jazeera, all of them reported that 500 were dead in that hospital. Turns out not to be 500 people dead. Uh, and so one journalist decided... Where did that come from? Mm, Wait, this is an interesting question. Wait, Mm. so where did the claim of 500 dead... Yeah. Where'd that come come from? from? Yeah. Because my thought was, I mean, it said Hamas spokesperson in in most of those headlines. Yeah, and so he called, because he's a journalist too, and before he printed anything... He just wanted to know, you know, could I see the source? What what was the source? Who is that? Uh, and it was always just a ministry spokesperson, Palestinian authorities, okay, uh, or the Gaza Health Ministry. Um, okay, so well, but then you just go back and look at that. Correct, and he couldn't find it, and mm. so he called ABC, NBC, CBS, New York Times, NPR, uh, called them all, uh, sent sent notes to wall street journal the guardian al jazeera hey can somebody tell me where you got this um it then went to the standards editor uh in all of these places and they were the only ones that replied and uh, the response came in the form of a brief note from a communications staffer Uh, i don't know if he's a visual or she is a visual uh reporter but uh linked to the papers mea culpa over the reporting of the blast and uh, said no additional information would be provided well he was like well that doesn't help me i know it's not true but where did you get Hmm. the original quote so it's not just about uh, the mistake you've made Mm -hmm. it's instead about how you made that mistake and how in the future you may avoid it right now what did he find Stu? well it was interesting because um couldn't find it anywhere and eventually um because you like because i think there's like a line that we all had there which Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. i don't trust a hamas spokesperson the gaza health ministry even if there's a good person who works there is at gunpoint from hamas may i just say that in my meetings uh whenever we have something report on the war it is always pointed out by my executive producer remember this is from the idf 
Remember, yeah. this is from the, you know, important uh, to know. Hamas, you know, mouthpiece. Always, when it's coming from a government source, you always have to look and question it. Always. You always want to check for motivation. So Correct. there's an obvious an obvious point to be made that even if Hamas or the Gaza Health Ministry says 500 people are dead, you should not believe that. You should I, figure that out independently because these are biased sources. But that's not what happened here. What apparently seems to have happened is that every one of these mainstream media news sources from the New York Times on down, all of them misquoted the Hamas spokesperson who actually didn't claim that 500 people were dead from this bombing. Okay, so he called th- this reporter came and said, okay, um, he pressed the translator and one of the translator, one of the translators translated but, from Al Jazeera. But actually, wait, I want to point out what you're saying here. You're not saying he went to a translator. What he went to was Google Translate. And then he went to translators. Yes, but okay. Mm-hmm. So here's the here's the thing. Um, they went, he believes somebody went to uh, Google Translate <laughs> and the word victim was in the text of a tweet from Al Jazeera. Okay. But the word victim doesn't mean death uh, in Arabic. Uh, it does not mean killed. It's uh, casualties, and casualties do not mean death either. Right. So casualties, and in fact, victims more broadly, can refer to deaths, can refer to injuries, can refer to people who are just displaced by the incident. Right. If you were if you were camping out on the uh, outside courtyard of this hospital. And uh, a bomb goes off. You are displaced from where you were going to be. That could be described as a victim. Any of this could be described as victims. And that was what the actual term was. But as Stu said, somebody went into Google Translate, translated it, and then everyone picked it up from that individual. So again, they didn't originally, they took Al Jazeera's reporting. They didn't actually look at it themselves. They took Al Jazeera's reporting. They ran it through Google Translate. And then everyone just tweeted out that 500 people were dead. Again, even if it were accurate in the translation, you shouldn't believe that, but it wasn't even an accurate translation. And then to add insult to injury, none of these people would even even linked to the statement, nor would provide a rationale as to why they carried it afterwards. And when you can't find a link to the original statement or people are refusing to give that link up, you know something's Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Second Amendment exists for a very good reason. It is both your right to protect your own freedom and safety and your responsibility to protect your families. Um, And if you own guns, you need to be proficient at using them. But going to a gun range, getting instruction, dropping a ton of money every time you want to buy ammo. These things can throw a monkey wrench into your plans to maintain your ability to shoot consistently and well. This is why you need the Mantis X. High-tech, easy-to-use system used widely by the military. It was started with the Marines, and then it went all across all, uh, all branches of the military. It helps you improve your shooting really quickly. You just attach this to your firearm. You connect it with an app on your smartphone or your tablet via Bluetooth. Then whether you're firing actual rounds or even just dry firing practice, it will give you instant feedback on what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and how to correct the technique. 
in real time. 94% of the shooters improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. I was shocked when I finally went to the range and shot. I hadn't shot, you know, non-dry fire in, I don't even know, year and a half. I was better than I was before. And the only thing I was using was Mantis X. MantisX.com. MantisX.com. Glenn Beck. On tomorrow's uh, program, uh, an op-ed piece that uh, I wrote for um, Blaze Media, it's up today. Texas needs universal school choice now. I'll be discussing it on tomorrow's program, uh, but the Texas House members need to hear from you. It it is like 85% of Texans say they want school choice. Uh, And the Republicans, a lot of them want to do that, but the uh, Speaker of the House which uh, supposedly is a Republican, is blocking it every step of the way. Mm-hmm. He's in bed with big teachers, and, some, and there's others that are in, big with the, uh, in bed with the big teachers' unions. We'll expose all of that tomorrow and show how you can help. I mean, how is it possible, of all places, Texas does not have school because choice? Because Texas it's, it's horrible. is not really Texas right now. It's, it's a shadow of herself, but... She's worth saving and can be saving, but things are changing all over the country. You know, we've had millions of people move in from California. Texas, be on alert. The Glenn Beck Program.